All right. I think we're not lagging anymore. OBS need to figure your shit out with that. Stop making us lag and making us log off. But. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's episode number 364. KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We're going to dive into that dreadful Monday night loss that the Eagles suffered to the hands of the Cowboys. Ben Simmons, or number 25, however you want to reference him, continues to be an absolute stooge. Uh, the Phillies quintessentially mathematically still alive, but eliminated themselves from playoff contention last night. And I have the greatest, uh, hope and dream to happen because of it. We'll get into that. And of course we'll get into survivor talk as well as we got another episode of survivor after this show. Uh, make sure you guys are following, uh, buffs and snuffs on Twitter. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys Show some love to our sponsors who make this show happen. Our friends at Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, who just re-upped with us for another year, so very thankful for them, uh, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades Fall. Even though the weather's been, you know, in that weird mix still, fall is here and their fall apparel collection is live at TomahawkShades.com under the small batch collective tab. You guys can get the sunglasses, blue light glasses, and everything in between at TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to check out, use our promo code USP, you get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com and all orders over $75 qualify for free shipping. Our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official vodka of the underground. You guys can go to statesidevodka.com, get the vodka soda party packs. The single flavor four packs of the vodka sodas are available as well. And if you want to support us, you guys can get the one liter bottles of vodka and use our code USP at checkout to get 10% off those bad boys. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap and uh, crack open a nice cold Kenny while you're watching Survivor and, you know, these dreadful Philly sports teams that just continue to drive us crazy. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. We, uh, Living the dream. We got a lot to dive into, and it's all dreadful and disgusting. Uh, so we'll kick roll things. Your sleeves up <laughs> <at the> night. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, we'll kick things off with the Philadelphia Eagles just wrapping up that awful, embarrassing loss to the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. We said it from the get-go with this team. They're a young team. They're trying to find their identity still because they certainly don't have one. And... You kind of just let the Cowboys have their way with you. 
Jalen Hurts comes out with the quote of the year, potentially. You don't look at your deuce, you just flush it. Um, which makes me mad that he changed his number from number two <laughs> to number one. Um, but overall, well, you can't I mean, help but look at your P. I mean, it just yeah, kind of naturally happens. Kind of happens, but just, uh, you know, it is one of those, you know, just flush down the toilet type of losses and you move on and you play the Cowboys later in the season. And as our good friend Mark Lane, who was on Eagles Enemies this week, said, the the beauty of this game is these two teams will be completely different the next time they play. Um, so you kind of just wipe your hands clean of this one and you move on. You got to get ready for Andy Reid and the Chiefs. You definitely want to wash those hands. Say that. Uh, yeah. I think anytime you're going into Dallas with uh, the first time that they've had a packed stadium, they had a very full stadium last <laughs> year, but it wasn't packed like it was on Monday. Their home opener night game. It is a recipe for disaster. I think the the worrying things about this game is that the game plan itself was not very good. Yeah. The fact that you only had three rushes, uh, you know, not Jalen Hurts scrambles. There's no design Jalen Hurts plays either, which is uh, worrying because that's a very elite skill that he has that you want to be taking advantage of. I get why Sirianni comes out and says like, oh, you know, we want to pass to like keep up. And I get that that is the analytically smart choice to make. We know that football is trending in a way where passing on first down, where passing on second down, passing. Like, you want to be passing the ball more than running. It's more efficient, and I get it. I get that that is technically the smart thing to do. However, the not smart thing to do is to do things devoid of context and constantly pass the ball when Jalen Hurts, that is not his best skill. It is not. Not yet, at least. And the only thing the Cowboys have been good at stopping this year is passing. That's Justin Herbert. Like, the this Cowboys defense is not great, but it's good at certain things. And they've defended the pass very well. They're very good at cutting off passing lanes. There's obviously some few questionable calls in there, but that's not what changes the game overall. I just thought that it was kind of bizarre to me that you could clearly see the entire Cowboys plan. And this was as someone who has a, a, a lot of CD lamb in fantasy leagues, which is very annoying. But, you know, constantly feeding to Zeke, constantly feeding to Tony Pollard. And it worked because they were getting eight, nine yards every mm-hmm. single run. And, I mean, you, it's not like the few times that you tried running, you didn't get good results. You got great results. Miles Sanders is gives you, like, your biggest play of the first half offensively. And there was no plan, no real adjustment to get that. And one of the benefits, obviously, as well to, to running the ball more is you're eating more of the clock. That's why you see these, like, Teams like the Browns, teams like the Ravens, their their recipe for beating teams like the Chiefs, who are very pass forward, is you eat up the clock, you eat the time, you only give Patrick Mahomes, you know, twenty three minutes in a game instead of thirty five to beat you, and I, I felt like that maybe would have been helpful to the Eagles. They're a young team, that's technically true, uh, but they're also still old <laughs> in some areas. There's there's some players that are still very long in the tooth here, and that's that's the frustrating aspect. You don't want to be like condemning the whole season on this one game and i i you know i I think it's it's unfair to to make any like sweeping judgments about any you know coach or any player just off of this game but it's not a good sign that you were not able to keep your horses at all in this game i thought really after the first quarter it was over Mm -hmm. i mean if it wasn't for like a great defensive play you're not even on the board really like it's just you're very very far away from this team and there's some circumstances surrounding that but not good for your prospects this season and potentially going forward 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest issue, too, with the, the whole, you know, run the ball more, narr- you were coming into the game kind of with your feet chopped off with that because you had to start Andre Dillard at left tackle over Jordan Mailata. I think Mailata plays, it's a much different game. It's probably a lot closer. The Cowboys probably still end up winning because you end up losing Isaac Sayamalu in this game for the entire season. Um, but Andre Dillard's biggest weakness coming out of college and in his short but not great NFL career is that he can't run block. So you're already eliminating half of the field that you can run to, which is where smart game plan by Dan Quinn, they lined up Micah Parsons. Right. Instead of lining him up against Lane Johnson when they had to move him to defensive end, you're eliminating the part of the field that, one, you're already terrible at, at run blocking because Andre Dillard's out there and you have to overcompensate to help him out. And two, you didn't line Micah Parsons up against arguably your best offensive lineman in Lane Johnson. And if you're just running to the right side, they're going to sniff that out and it kind of, you know, gives away your game plan in the run game. So I get why they kind of came in with a, a pass first and pass happy mentality. But when you go down as quickly as you did and you just can't stop anything, it was a recipe for disaster. It showed Brandon Graham is much more important to this team in stopping the run uh, than I think a lot of people realized. And now you're down, you know, two offensive linemen again. Hopefully my lot is back this week, but you're down Isaac Sayamalo for the entire season with a broken foot, and you're down Brandon Brooks for another seven weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a difficult situation to find yourself in. I, yeah, and I get, you know, you want to keep up with this team, right? But here's the issue, too, is, like, if you're going to pre- if you're gonna play aggressive and you're going to play this, again, very, like, more forward-thinking style of, like, hey, we're just going to pass, and we're, like, we're not going to worry too much. We're just going to keep up with this team. You also have to go for fourth down when it makes sense. There mm-hmm. are a few times where, you know, you, you punt it away, and it's like, well, you haven't been able to stop him at all tonight. Like, you are not going to get them in a single position in the field where it doesn't seem like they're at least – not going to be able to get in field goal range quite easily you know so that was uh that was another thing that i thought again was just sort of confusing from my perspective like if you're going to play this way if you're going to be aggressive which is fine you know if you're going to put the trust in your players and you know maybe even take your lumps for it then go all the way don't like half commit to this idea of like all right here's how we're gonna here's how we're gonna beat this team but when it comes to the the crucial decisions when it comes time to actually you know, not be a coward and go for it on fourth. You know, you, you have to make those those choices, and, and they didn't either. And that's that's um, again, I I don't want to again make too many sweeping judgments. I don't I don't want to make Nick Sirianni is not built for this. Jalen Hurts is not good. Like, but that is worrying to me that you're not making those decisions because if you make those decisions and lose with them, then that's fine. I you know I was watching the game with some friends and we were watching the Chargers Chiefs game, mm-hmm. and the Chargers you know went into Arrowhead and win. And how do you do that? By being bold, by going forward on fourth when, listen, one of the greatest ways I think a lot of like the going for fourth stuff has been explained to me is like, all right, if you're a fan of the opposite team, what do you want them to do right now? Do you want them to go forward on fourth or do you want them to to kick you the ball back? Mm -hmm. Especially do you want them to kick you the ball back when you have Patrick Mahomes and 40 seconds and all he needs to do is get it into field goal range? Like, you have to be aggressive now. You have to be. And Dak Prescott is not Patrick Mahomes, but he's very good. Yeah. This offense was very good. You could not stop them at any point on Monday night. Like, you ha- like two win games against, like, high-quality opposition now, you have to be aggressive. 
You cannot, you cannot for one second on one of these calls, on one of these plays, show any kind of restraint. You have to go for it. It's how the Eagles won their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they showed absolutely no fear and went for it when it was crucial. The most iconic play in Eagles history now is a ballsy play that, again, if you are the Patriots, what do you want the Eagles to do in that situation? You want them to settle. You want them to kick a field goal. You don't want them to go for two. Like, just whatever you, the uh, the opposite team would want to happen in that situation, you want to be doing yeah. because that is what is going to apply the most pressure. That is your highest like effective value to get you where you want to be, to get you the result that you want. And you have to do it against the good teams because they're going to do it against you. Mm-hmm. And you have to capitalize on every single margin to win these games. Yeah. And it this game also like just put a huge emphasis on the Eagles lack of attention to the linebacker position because the Cowboys gashed you with like tier three tight ends like Dalton Schultz and uh, Blake Jarwin are not tight ends that you, you know, run home and, and yell on the mountain about like they're not Travis Kelsey. They're not Darren Waller. They're not even Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Right. But the effectiveness that the Cowboys offense had by just using the short yardage, like chunk plays to move the ball with the tight ends, their speed. Like there was a play that I remember uh, they threw it to Dalton Schultz and Alex Singleton just did not have the speed to catch up with him. And that's what he's been predicated on is using his speed to be able to go and tackle, you know, opposing offensive players. And the Eagles need to start putting an emphasis at least on one like high quality linebacker in this defense Otherwise, you're just going to continue to be behind. You're going to continue to get gashed, you know, in the middle of the field because you're you're trying to be cheap and you're trying to, you know, find diamonds in the rough that have been here for multiple years now. And I'm not saying Alex Singleton isn't good, but you need somebody next to him that is in that, you know, B plus A minus tier to complement what he does and, and can kind of be that field general on the defense. And they just have not had that, honestly, since like D'Amico Ryans was here. And to show you where he's at, he's the defensive coordinator of the 49ers right now. It's it's tough. It's, you know, this is, and this is the issue with this team, right? Is like, there's going to be lots of weaknesses and there's going to be lots of growing pains in a way. And there's going to be a lot of, listen, like this is stuff we're just going to have to address that, you know, like can't be changed mm-hmm. this season, you know, and you're just going to have to live with. If the Cowboys, I mean, this is one of the most high octane offenses you're going to face. The bad news is, is it doesn't get any better because yep. I have to play the Chiefs coming off uh, two straight losses. So have fun. <laughs> They're totally not winning this game either because one, like you said, Chiefs coming off two straight losses. Patrick Mahomes coming into the season had never lost in the month of September, which is a wild stat. Uh, two, Andy Reid's coming back to Philadelphia for the first time since like 2013. And he's got an opportunity to get his 100th win as Chiefs head coach. I don't think Patrick Mahomes had never even thrown an interception yeah. in September. <laughs> Asinine. So, yeah. it's, like, uh, Andy's going to come in. This is not the, the the rebound game you want. Yeah, Andy Reid's going to come in and like walk into the home locker room and be like, ah, desk is still here. That bag of beef jerky I left here. <laughs> ah, age like fine wine. Yeah. They're they're not winning this game. I would be listen, stunned. The Chiefs have not been as immune as, as we're used to mm-hmm. seeing. They're not... Thanos with the full infinity gauntlet anymore where it's like everything about them is just inevitable and unstoppable but they're still again it's still (laughs) the Chiefs it's still a fantastic offense that can beat you in 
11 different ways. <laughs> and I just, I do not see, if the Eagles can keep up with the Cowboys, right? I really struggle to see how they keep up with the Chiefs. I really mm-hmm. do. I mean, they couldn't even keep up really with the 49ers. No, I mean, the, the 49ers game at least is close and you had opportunities. It felt mm-hmm. like you just missed opportunities. The Cowboys, it felt like you were outclassed yeah. by, like it, pretty much in every aspect of the game, which is not a good, not a good sign. Not a good, not a good national TV showing for the uh, the Eagles. Yeah, and then you have Eli Manning flipping a double bird on the Manning cast. <laughs> Gotta love him. <laughs> uh, what I think a- that might have been to the Giants for uh, ruining his uh, his, <laughs> his, his ring, of, ring of fame induction ceremony by getting beaten by the, by the, the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. What a crew they assembled for. Uh, Monday Night Manning, too, this week. It was uh, Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. LeBron James, thanks for showing up, King, uh, Nick Saban, and uh, Chris Long. It is quite the crew. And, of course, when Jalen Hurts threw the interception that went for the pick six to uh, to Diggs, Nick Saban was on the broadcast. <laughs> Three Alabama players. Come on, Nicky. Give us some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This will say Nick. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts Let's transition to uh, another not-so-great team, Phillies. 2-1 to the Braves. Way to show up, boys. Way to show up with the season on the line. Biggest game of the year. Zach Wheeler gives you everything you want. And way to show up. It's great. Hey, I think uh, pitchers and catchers report in 150 days. Yeah. Well, here's the the thing that I, I tease in the opener, Matt, that I really hope happens. Because we've we've talked about our playoff drought being as long as it has been. Mm-hmm. Going to be a decade since 2011. You know who's in position to um to to snag that wild card? Is they are a half game back right now? It's Seattle, isn't it? It's the Seattle fucking Mariners. Yeah, I was gonna say because they've been on a storm in the second half of the season. They have uh, half a game back of the Red Sox. Have not been. Who haven't been able to buy a win, by the way. Yeah. Got swept by the Yankees over the weekend and lost to the Orioles. So, Mariners have the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball, so and far. are on the precipice of making the postseason before the Phillies. I hope it happens, and I hope the Phillies feel terrible. They don't. They, they don't. don't. <laughs> but it's also such a shame that we have wasted. An MVP Bryce season that, quite frankly, I don't know if you thought we would get an MVP Bryce season when he signed here. I wasn't sure. And a a top three 
you know, Cy Young candidate Zach Wheeler season. It's just gone to waste. Yeah, hard to disagree with any of that. <laughs> and like, it's, you know, I'm getting real sick of the city of Atlanta, actually. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> really tired of our seasons ending in Atlanta, uh, getting our, our hopes dashed by them. I, I Like, this is, this doesn't hurt, though, because I expected it to mm-hmm. happen. I, and maybe not in this particular way, but I knew that this season was not going to end a, in a positive manner. I thought maybe it'd be more dramatic. I'm almost glad that they're kind of making it like, no, we're just not going to show up for this. We're, we're not going to, we're not going to make it happen. Um, bats go missing when you need them the most, which is the story of the season. You, you, you go and you hold the Braves to two runs. You had two hits in the first inning. Zach Wheeler is your, your, your best shot, your best shot at winning a, a game in this series. And you don't get it. And that it's over because, <laughs> because you're not, maybe you win one of these next two. Maybe. Right? Even then. You you've gained no ground. Well, here's the fun, twisted, sick, sadistic part of this Philly season is and it, I wouldn't be shocked if this happens. Say they win both of these games against Atlanta, which long shot. It's up to the Mets, isn't it? It's up to the Mets to keep us in it. We sweep the Marlins and something out. there is potential for a game 163 where the the uh Braves have to play the Rockies. <laughs> In a makeup game. He's that one post pin, right? Oh, for the God. division. Where it's like, whether the Braves are a half game up or the Phillies are a half game up, there's a potential for game 163 Braves we would Rockies. We would get the hanging Chad of like, <laughs> of like Braves Rockies entries. for the NL East Oh my title. God. Someone called the Florida Supreme Court. <laughs> God, that's depressing. <laughs> I, thankfully, we're not going to get there because we're just going to get swept by the Braves. And yeah. we're just going to go gently into that good good night because it sucks it, you know it's it's not fun it's not fun for me to say maybe it sounds like i'm having fun but I, I really am not it's honestly terrible and upsetting because this is just what the phillies are now mm-hmm. and i don't know why anyone has hope in them i respect people that still have the hope i respect people that like still like tune in every night fearlessly ready to get hurt because that is impressive dedication I do not have the mental capacity for it. I don't have the fortitude to to sit through it anymore. I think the only good thing is that they made a, an impressive hire, right? They yeah. hired one of the Padres uh, like talent evaluators now. Yeah. So the new hire there, which I mean, if Peter Damons is is tweeting high praises about it, I'm pretty it's much on Don Mattingly's son, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like. All right, you know what? I'll Maybe that reverses up. the Marlins curse. <laughs> we have a Mattingly in the building. Um, I, hey, I mean, the more talent evaluators that are being, you know, praised in Major League Baseball, coming to this Phillies team, the better. Preston Mattingly is the hire of. Uh, he's the director of player move, uh, player development, essentially. Peter Gammon saying it's tremendous. He's one of the best evaluators in the business. He has a unique he has the unique Mattingly genes, which just include tweeting. Fantastic picture. Um and we're working with Sam Fold will provide Dave Dombrowski with a creative, empathetic system. So what does empathetic mean in that sense? Yeah. That's a weird phrasing. I mean Peter Gammon's <laughs> tweets always sound like he's drunk. 
which is the the beauty of With Peter Gammons. Creative empath- Does he know what empathetic means? I don't. I'm, think I'm not so. sure he's using that correctly. <laughs> I guess I would like my uh, my talent evaluators to have empathy. I suppose that's something good, <laughs> but not something I'm asking for <laughs> in an interview. I I don't believe at least so. I mean, that's the good thing. Coming from the Padres, which I mean... I mean, if you're gonna try and rip anyone's method, I I think think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I mean, you look at what the Padres have been able to do just in the trade market and moving prospects. Granted, they haven't, like, called too many of them up, but they have one of the top prospects in baseball, Mackenzie Gore, still in their system. And they've been able to move prospects around to go get, you know, the Blake Snells of the world, the Hugh Darvishes, um, you know, and then when you're able to trade for those guys, you're able to go out and sign like the Eric Hosmers and the Manny Machados and things like that. And I, I think, I think, you know, if, if the universal outlook on this hire is, is high praise, I'm all on board for whatever it may be because player development has been the, the number one issue with this organization for the, the better seven eighths of 150 years. So, in my entire life, yeah. So, outside of our, insanely lucky with outside the, of our stretch run of you know Rollins, Utley, Howard, Hamels, it's been rough. One day we'll go back to the promised land. One day, um, they just and I mean you look at this Brave series too. You look what the Braves did at the deadline. Like they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. in what June. Yeah. You look what they did at the trade deadline. They go and trade for Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler. Uh, and one more outfield. Like, they traded for an entire outfield. And those guys were driving in. Like, Jorge Soler was the deciding factor in yesterday's game. Phillies bat-wise, they went and got Freddie Galvis. Which, sure, Freddie isn't great offensively, but he's been a big, massive defensive upgrade, which this team needed. But they didn't trade for any bats when, one, Reese Hoskins was hurt at the deadline. Could have gotten a first baseman to fill in for Reese Hoskins. You knew Alec Bohm was a problem this year. Didn't do anything to fix that. You knew you were having issues in left field defensively. Didn't go and fix that. You haven't had a true center fielder all year. Didn't fix that. Like three years. <laughs> Valid. It's it's like they, they did the bare minimum and then went and got the worst possible pitcher to come into this team because Kyle Gibson's a ground ball pitcher. And you have no defense behind him. And I think it's the funniest thing. I was in Johnny Heller's Twitter spaces last night after the game. And he's like, I think my favorite bit with the Phillies is that they just put no emphasis on defense year after year after year. Well, he was uh, he was rehashing as well the J.P. Crawford trade. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice reminder. Pretty cool. He might be in the playoffs. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new story, though, is that... Uh, you know, with with the Phillies, we gotta we gotta spend our way through this era of Phillies baseball. Wouldn't mind bringing Castellanos here. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even. I mean, a lot of money is coming off the books this off season. Is so there? I can't even. I think like pretty decent think amount. Of who is a free agent on this team? To be honest, I, th- I think there's a, a decent amount coming. Uh, Let's see. Coming out of the, the books, is there Some not? Cutchins off the books, Archie Bradley. Please re-sign Hector Neris. He's your best reliever. Yeah. Quite I honestly. I think it's like a not insignificant amount. Uh, Matt Moore's waste of a contract. Ian Kennedy. 
I think the biggest one is Kutch at fifteen million. I mean, you're you're clearing about thirty million there. Yeah, which is not. And I think there's nothing. only like two arbitration cases. I think it's right. Eflin and Reese. So, you could make a big splash. Will they? Well, no, they will. They will. It'll, it'll be at a position that you don't need. Yeah, and we won't, we go. won't address pitching again. And we'll, we'll go back with just the same bullpen. Yeah. We'll make like two bargain bin signings. We'll be hitting up the Walmart DVD rack, three for a dollar for our, <laughs> for our bullpen again. For our bullpen. Yeah, this guy used to just sell Zippo lighters outside of Citizens Bank, but now he's going to be throwing uh, throwing heaters just at JD. Disaster. Just a disaster of an organization. And I mean, it's just no, a disaster. Like, is this is like a banana republic? This is just long-standing corruption and stupidity yeah. and ignorance and hypocrisy. Like, this is just this is no longer like a disaster. Is like I don't know, like when a hurricane hits a part of the world it doesn't normally. It's like, oh my god, what a disaster! Like these people aren't meant to like ready to deal with this. Yeah. This is like it's like when that snowstorm hit Texas. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Like that's that's a disaster. Texas freezing over is a disaster. This is like buying waterfront property in Florida and like not getting like house insurance. insurance. It's like, well, I you should have seen this coming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you expected. It's like not boarding up your windows when a storm is coming. You know, like yeah. just, uh, we'll figure it out. We told you. Playing golf in a lightning storm. I mean, it's just bizarre. And it's just uh it's the definition of insanity because they do it year after year after year. It's a lot of fun. Having fun, though. They're going to win tonight, aren't they? Probably. Aaron Knoll's probably going to throw, you know, eight and two-thirds. God, I hate the Braves. Girardi will leave him out there for the for the last batter. He'll give up a home run. There's a guy I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't mind seeing the back of. Then uh, Ian Kennedy will come in, give up another home run like he always does. Ian Kennedy's like the uh, the curveball machine. I really, I really like that the Phillies do this thing too. Like we're in big games, they, uh, they don't get any offense to like the final two innings. Mm-hmm. They're just like, all right, now it's time. <laughs> now is when, <laughs> now is when we show up. So if the playoffs started today, Matt, this would be the playoff picture. We all know the traditional big four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Don't care. <laughs> well, we got we got to figure out who we're who hitching the horses. Cares. Today. We get a we get a wild card game in the National League of Dodgers Cardinals. Oh God, <laughs> I'm rooting for the meter meteor hurtling towards the stadium. That's what I'm rooting for. Uh, and then we'd have a battle of a uh, former location with the Milwaukee Braves taking on the or the Milwaukee uh, Brewers taking on the Atlanta Braves. Disgusting. And then the winner of the wild card takes on Gabe Kapler and the Giants. What a disgusting National <laughs> League. I hope, I hope, uh, I, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even put it out to the public what I hope happens. 
I guess the Brewers? Yeah. The only team I don't hate. I guess the Brewers. I guess the Brewers is who we have to go <sighs> for. Doesn't feel great, but. Go American League. They have that cool slide. That's fun. But then again, we talked about this a couple It's like, hasn't Milwaukee had enough? Yeah, you know, but like. Yeah, an NBA title. Rodgers won the MVP. But like, also, they have to live in Wisconsin, which is like, that's difficult. They actively like, supported Ryan Braun. Yeah, but like, I get it, you know? I get it. I think they turned on him though. Once, like, once he yeah. came back, I think there there was some genuine like eh, we're we're not really for you anymore. I'm just saying, seven months out of the year, that's like an unlivable yeah. place. Like maybe you know, like it's gonna be snowing in like three weeks there. That's true. So it's like let's give them something to hold over the winter. I'm worried about what happens to them when the darkness comes. You know, like I'm hoping Seattle or Toronto gets into this wild card spot, but. If playoffs start today, American League, top seed, Tampa Bay Rays. The wild card would be Yankees, Red Sox. That'd be a lot of fun. And then 2v3 would be Astros, White Sox. The White Sox. Are we rooting for the White Sox? Are we, are we, are we rooting, rooting for, for the Chicago Tony Black Larissa? Sox? Yeah, actually, no. uh, we're, rooting, we're rooting for the Rays, I guess. Yeah. They deserve one. They gave us a free one in 08, practically. I'm cool with it. Unless Seattle can get in or Toronto gets in. I don't want Seattle to win. I have nothing against Seattle as a city or as a populace. I just don't want that to happen because that makes the Phillies look even worse. It makes me feel even worse. Because if, if they break their playoff streak and then go and win the World Series, like that that's gold. another team, by the way, that would have tanked, tanked again, tanked harder, mm-hmm. and then won all in the time. Like, I don't know if I can do that. The Nationals was hard enough. The Dodgers was hard enough. Wouldn't hate rooting for JP. I wouldn't hate that either. But like I said, the Nationals was hard enough. The Dodgers was hard enough in my mind. I'm not looking forward to watching Gabe Kapler and his dumb (laughs) smile as he like kisses the world's the hunk of metal in uh, in a month. All right. If if the Mariners get in and it's Mariners Yankees, I'm rooting for the Mariners to win the wild card game for sure. Yeah. No. No part of me can root for the Yankees. That's for sure. Hopefully Toronto gets in. That'd Toronto be would be fun. Let the kids play. Plus, you know, Arkells. Yeah. There's plenty that like. We can root for Toronto. Are we rooting for like a crazy athletics run? That'd be <laughs> absolutely. I'd be all on board because Cole Irvin. I would, like, I would like a. I would like a crazy athletics That'd run. That'd be great. God, this is depressing. what a terrible just lineup for us. Is it me or is baseball just not fun? <laughs> <laughs> is anyone else just not having fun anymore? Because uh, I'm not. <laughs> one thing I am having fun with, I, I tweeted this out because I saw it earlier. The Mets just continue to Met. The cicadas are in full force um, because they are, they said, this is from Anthony DeComo who covers the Mets for uh, MLB.com. Sandy Alderson says Luis Rojas' future as Mets manager will likely be decided before the team hires a new president of baseball operations. That means Alderson will probably be making the decision. And everyone in the comments is like, oh, so that means his job is safe. <laughs> Meet the Mets, baby. It, we could the be Mets. the Mets. It could be the Mets. Good God. What a dumpster. Would it, would it, do you even want Bryce to win the MVP at this point? I do. He deserves it. Yeah. Um, 
It would, and I think it, it would only, epitomize this season. It would. It, it's a, a pyrrhic victory because, yeah. like, no, it doesn't matter. But he deserves it on an individual level for how he's performed, and maybe it spurs this organization to like actually like spend money, pick their feet up, and and move forward. I know we've been, you know, listen, been critical of John Middleton. He has spent rightfully so. It's not like we've spent nothing. Yeah, he deserves criticism. He deserves deserves more than he gets, but. It's like, at least go over the luxury tax and, like, show that you're all in and, and like, care about this team winning. Like, don't, like like you said in May, don't go to the pool with your bathing suit on and dip your toes in the water. Dive in. I am more optimistic about the next two or three years than I maybe was in, like, the middle of the season, simply because... We're not that far away. I think another off season, and again, this is me. This is optimistic viewpoint. This is not necessarily how I actually feel. But if I'm being optimistic, you have an off season. I do think some of the hiring that we've been making is a better direction for this organization mm-hmm. than where we've been. You you get into the playoffs next year. You have a, a core of a team, I think, that has success available to it for the next four seasons, pretty much. Anything can happen. That's it. That's my optimism. My optimism is pretty much, well, anything could happen, which, by the way, is not necessarily an optimistic take, even though yeah. I think colloquially it is always seen as optimistic. Anything can happen means anything could happen, negative and good. Mm-hmm. So... You could tell me anything happens, and I I would believe you. Over under how many months of Chris Bryant talk are we going to have this offseason? God, not ready for that. (laughs) Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheWholePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That and Freddie Freeman and Nick Castellanos and just a whole crop of players. Are they going to, you know, sign one of these shortstops? Because I think that's a question they got to ask themselves. What do you do with Didi Gregorius? I don't know that I'd bring DD back. It's under contract, so you'd probably have to either. And I mean, it's the the thing is he's under contract, and it's for a lot of money, right? But I like you'd probably have to find some sort of trade package. And I, I love DD, great guy. I wish him nothing the best. Has not looked good this year. No. If you can sell someone on him, go for it. Because yeah. I just I. You he's can't. not the. He's clearly not the long term answer, no. and uh, I think it might be better for him if he goes. You know, like you could sell if you're talking to the player, you sell it as we're not looking at you for the future. This team might. It's a better opportunity for mm-hmm. you to get a long term contract somewhere else. Somebody brought up a more favorable the, situation in the Twitter spaces with Johnny and and Ty last night. You know, do you try to put together a package of like? that has Didi in it to go and get like a Josh Donaldson and a Byron Bucks and like a, a big blockbuster. No, wants Josh Donaldson on this Me, team. <laughs> Me I would, I would throw it all in. I would, 
I would no shot. Yeah, no shot. He's he's always injured. He's the not only that, but he's the antithesis of what I want. <laughs> Valid. I don't want Josh Donaldson. No, I don't want to root for Josh Donaldson. We need a former Brave on this team. He's been every. He's been on every team I hate. <laughs> I don't want him on this team. <laughs> it's nothing personal against Josh Donaldson, yeah. although maybe it is. I don't know. I I just no way. I also saw uh, somebody retweeted Carlos Santana's statement after he got traded to the uh, the Mariners a couple years ago. His uh, his his final sentence on that statement will never get old. It was uh, he said. It was like when he was talking about Jake Arrieta and everything. I was like, oh, this is absolute gold. Oh, the Yankees are, are doing their best Phillies impression. Oh, are they? Uh, Yankees <laughs> Yankees have a loss since buying pet turtle named Bronxy. Nice. So. It's turtle does. season. Yeah, Carlos Santana's final uh, sentence in there. Actions speak louder than words. I loved my time in Philly and wished them the best. Turn the page, Poppy. Yankees wanted a pet, so Nestor convinced him to get a turtle before the swing streak. It roams the clubhouse or spends time in a tank labeled Bronxy the Turtle. DJ said to stare at him a lot. Nice. Would be great if we got him a little World Series ring. <laughs> Phillies already losing 2 nothing, by the way. Mail it in, boys. Over. Wave the white flag. It's almost like a relief, mm-hmm. you know, at this stage. It, it when When you know that they're not suffering anymore, and neither are you, when they're just at peace. I tweeted that clip from... Uh, the Avengers when Thanos is like, now I can rest. It's over. It's great. Uh, do we even want to talk about this stupid basketball team? The Braves are the hospice nurse. <laughs> and we <laughs> we are just... It's all about making them comfortable now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Uh, do we even want to talk about this stupid basketball team? The leaked jerseys or rumor jerseys. Those were nice. clean. So, I do like those. Looking forward to seeing those. I saw somebody like tweeted a, a digital version of Can't it. Can't wait to get a Lillard one. <laughs> Something holding out for. I had I had a very interesting theory pop into my head too after all of these media day interviews and everything. And I think this will be Oh, you mean the vaccine day? Because that's all yeah, the news that came out much. of the NBA over the last I think that's hours. why there hasn't been a Ben Simmons trade. <laughs> because the the Alternate targets outside of Damian Lillard, who his statement was great. Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Sounded well, Kyrie like... is apparently getting it now. Um, Durant. Good for Durant. I Best think owner had... in sports, Kevin Durant. Happy <laughs> birthday, Kevin. Yeah, happy birthday, Kevin. Apparently, Kevin Durant reached out to him. That's the news. Yeah, apparently, you know, LeBron did the that. same thing for Dwight Howard, too. Right. Good for Dwight. <laughs> I was a little worried that Dwight was not. <laughs> good for Dwight Howard. Um... um I think that's why there hasn't been a Ben Simmons trade, though. Because there's our reason. There's our scapegoat. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. Because, I mean, look, like, Doc Rivers is going on all these fucking... Christ alive. Someone call him <laughs> and lock him in a room. What a what a media tour he's been on to promote his new podcast. Doc is very lucky that all this has happened with Ben because I think it's really overshadowed oh, what an absolutely terrible job he did in the playoffs. <laughs> I know that in my fit of rage, I said that this was 95% Ben's fault. The other 5%. 
is Doc, yeah. but it's actually much bigger than Doc because we we lose that series because of those two mm-hmm. knuckleheads. No, he's promoting a podcast talking about you know. I can't think of Rich a worse. Paul and Ben Simmons. I can't, to... you know, I can't think of a worse voice for radio oh. than Doc Rivers. No disrespect, but and it's a shame because the podcast idea, from what I read, is pretty good. But I don't think I can listen to Doc Rivers talk for. I don't think Doc Rivers long. can talk for that long. Can he? It's very it's, bizarre when he talks. It sounds like it hurts him, which mm-hmm. worries me. I, I'm not looking forward to having him back. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to uh, whatever judgment day is approaching with Ben Simmons. It's terrible. Did did we talk about how he uh, told them not to come visit him? He told the players. Oh, yeah. That, that's new development there. That's cool. Good job, guys. That's cool. And then... Uh, and he, he said that uh, ben, uh, Embiid is the one holding him back. Yeah. Cool. Smooth. Kevin Nagandi tweeted out a breakdown of uh, the fines that Ben Simmons will endure for not showing up, and I think it's just fantastic, and I hope he just doesn't show up and continues to get fined. I so, showed that money's going somewhere good. <laughs> missed media day, up to $50,000. What a drop in the bucket that is. Uh, practice one, $2,500. Practice two, five grand. Practice three, 7500 Practice four and beyond up to fifty K. Exhibition and regular season games total of twenty. Uh is two hundred and twenty seven K per game. And then regular season game twenty one to eighty two is three hundred K. I mean is he like a sit out the season? Apparently that is like <laughs> the plan. Is like he's willing to sit out the season until a trade is done. How did we end up here? <laughs> How did this is just the Rich Paul school for forcing his clients out of situations they don't want to be in? How did we go? It's from like Anthony Davis 2.0. Like a billion years ago, just some rocks and water. And today I'm sitting here lamenting that some <laughs> random guy that I'll never meet is just crushing my spirit every single day. It's How so did we bad. get here? It's so bad. How did we find ourselves in this situation? What a horrible person. And then just the the ongoing talking heads. Oh my god. I'm saying, so oh, tired of here. He's yeah. one jump shot away. We've been saying it's, that for five fucking it's, years. It's not even that. You know what I'm tired of hearing? You know what I'm so tired of hearing the Ben Simmons sob stories about how everyone threw him under the bus. <sighs> how how Philly fans have never respected him you see and the- how we treated him so badly. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the- up. The next person that says that, here's what I want you to do. To quote Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder, I want you to take a step back and literally fuck your own face. <laughs> I am so tired of hearing about how we didn't support Ben Simmons or that Doc Rivers and Embiid threw him under the bus. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> we did nothing but support this guy his entire career. Yep. We made memes for him. We committed voter fraud for this guy. We raised cats. I, we raised cats. We did it all. We cheered him. There was a guy treating him like a Make-A-Wish kid in the conference semifinals, encouraging him to just make a free throw. We embraced the Kardashian Christ curse. Christ almighty. We welcomed Kendall Jenner into the city of Philadelphia with open arms. And we probably booed her. 
Yeah. When she wasn't with Ben anymore. There were like, there Jesus. Were, there were petitions and anti-petitions to have Kendall Jenner in the Wells Fargo Center. We tried banning a member of the public <laughs> from a stadium for Ben Simmons. I do not want to hear ever again in my life that Philly fans were not supportive of Ben. This is stupid, naive, ignorant, and you should be removed from the population and sequestered <laughs> in your own corner of the country if you truly believe that. Where you can live with all the other dumb yokels that believe the same stupid regurgitated nonsense that people on first take say. It's stupid. We did nothing su- but support this guy. He individually never even got booed. The team got booed. Not once has Ben Simmons, the player, been booed specifically. Never. Find me a clip. Find me a clip of Ben Simmons getting booed. You can't. Find me one. You can't. His 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 skin is thinner than onion. Like it is just it's the worst. At least He's onions have layers. I'm I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of being told that we were bad fans, that we weren't supportive enough. Like shut up. God, I'm so over it. I just I that's the one thing that is really yeah. more if you couldn't tell has really gotten to me cuz I'm just I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of the pro Ben Simmons. Oh, the, this is what happens you don't treat him with respect. Oh, you mean like signing him to a max deal before you had to? You mean like that that amount of respect? You mean like publicly campaigning for him to be defensive player of the year? Yeah. Uh You mean like writing uh like terrorist threats to to coaches to force him to be an all-star? Yeah. I'm so sick of it. Steven Schneider, our favorite digital golfers in the chat, and said, pissed off Matt's my favorite, Matt. And then in all caps, give that man a flamethrower. Uh, you don't, don't give me a flamethrower. Because that's... <laughs> I'm just... I'm, 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 I've reached my limit with, with yeah. the Ben Simmons uh, bootlicking, frankly. Cause it's, it's so horrendous. Listen, I just can't wait till he goes somewhere else and he's someone else's problem. That's it. He is a he is a bad ex, mm-hmm. <laughs> and listen, good for the next guy, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> enjoy, good, good for them. I heard I heard the Timberwolves are very interested. Hey, let's make it. I mean, I love Carl Anthony Towns just throwing the entire organization under the bus the other day. Feel bad for Cat. He had I a do. very. Uh, I read his his SI article, and that was not an easy read, but I would encourage it because it gives a very good look mm-hmm. at uh, all that he's had to deal with. Tough year for tough year for Cat, man. That's he was just slinging it in his media day press conference. So I was like, "Go off, man. Do your thing." Cat Cat deserves uh, he deserves like whatever the opposite of a roast is. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what that exactly would be. He called, deserves to, but he deserves like thirty minutes. Just be the roaster. Yeah, thirty minutes where he just gets a mic and it's just like whatever you want to say. Yeah, <laughs> like get him on like the uh, TNT crew and yeah. just let him let him unleash Go a little off. bit. <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. (laughs) You already know. I think that's how it always goes. like 45 minutes and we're at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs)
Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Robin's time. What's up? We're back. The cat cast. The cat cast. I could see that. Uh, let's talk about the one thing that brings us joy, though, man. That's Survivor. It's our Survivor segment, and uh, it's brought to you by our friends at Play Pickup, where you guys can play the headlines, play your favorite props on sports and everything, and hopefully in the future, Survivor. Uh, start building your fan profile. Go to playpickup.com right now. Start playing the hottest headlines in sports. Man, we had our first episode of the new season. First time in almost 500 days that we had a new season of Survivor. Jeff with the flowing locks. Two hours of just incredible content from Survivor. And uh, two people voted out. New mm-hmm. twist. Only 26 days this season. I, I'm pretty sure it'll be the same for next season. Um, because I think they film back to back. Um, so it's kind of like what JD said, it's survivor on jet fuel. It is. It's, uh, it's fast paced. Uh, Jeff also mentioned it was going to be dangerous, more dangerous somehow. He keeps bringing up like, are you ready for the monster too? And I'm just curious about what this monster is. I wonder if it's going to be like lost when there was like the polar bear on the (laughs) Island. I don't know. I saw like seven (laughs) episodes of lost completely out of context and all across different seasons. Amazing. I, but I wonder if they're going to like, Maybe they're going to, like, dress Tony up as, like, a warthog and just have him, like, plow through camps in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, I thought it was a very you – know, we talked right before the show. I thought it was a strong premiere. I thought – it's hard to tell how much of that was just, like, wow, I'm excited to see, like, mm-hmm. new survivors and a whole new season, and we haven't had one in a while, so I'm just happy to have anything. Um, but I didn't dislike anyone right off the bat. I feel like – we got to know everyone in like the the cast pretty well. There's obviously you're never gonna have enough time to get everyone involved, but I thought there was already like interesting gameplay. You can already see good alliances forming. I thought some of the new additions pretty good. You know, like I, I like listen, like Survivor is always gonna have to evolve in some way and add some twists. Some of those things are gonna go well. Some of those things aren't. I think you have to like one thing to always keep in mind it's it's for tv mm-hmm. so they have to have drama somehow because the hard thing about reality tv is it's like it's as a producer as a writer anything like that it's out of your control right like you can't control you know 18 people right. and get them to act a certain way you have to introduce elements that could introduce drama introduce friction but you can't like make them do things you know mm-hmm. that you know you can maybe push them in certain directions so you know, there's always going to be things that maybe corrupt the purity of the game or whatever that means to you. But I do think that uh, it's good that Survivor is at least willing to try new things and be inventive. You know, we know that this season two is part of like the new diverse cast initiative, you know, that they want to have, um, you know, at least 50 percent of the cast be of people of color, people of different, you know, religions or ethnicities. Like, that's good mm-hmm. because that is what is representative of America. Jeff is always going on about his entire survivor career has been about how this is a social experiment. And now this is, you know, he loves to discuss big, broad issues on the show. Like that's been one of his things. And I think you're actually seeing a good representation of 
if you took just the average group of Americans, mm -hmm. this is what you kind of come up with, you know? Come on in, guys. Canceled. <laughs> yeah. Which is, personally, like, cars on the table, two straight white dudes, so, like, our opinion is, like, who Whatever. really cares, right? But, like, um, I get why that might, like, rub people the wrong way or why that maybe is something, like, that's language that in the future just needs to be changed. Um, I did think it was weird to, like, put the onus on the players to speak mm -hmm. up about it. Like, why not just stop saying it? But, again, that's in Jeff's yeah. nature. He loves to have these, like, discussions. And I think it's, you know, ultimately good. Like That's executive producer Jeff. <laughs> right. That's head honcho Jeff for you, pal. Um, I think it's ultimately good, though, because you want your shows to be, like, aware of the people, you mm -hmm. know, of, of the, the stars of the show and how, you know, language and words might affect them and we know language affects people words are real and have meaning and have value so yeah I, I, that's something though that's not like, not gonna bother me in the slightest yeah like the difference between come on in and come on in guys is like just insignificant i think the <laughs> the only thing was like you said like for them to bring it up the way they did where right. like jeff could have just said come on in yeah i thought it was just awkward i thought yeah. it was uh, an awkward especially when it was like they in. asked and then Evie was like, nah, I'm cool with it. <laughs> and then a couple, you know, like two segments later, they come on in. And then it's like, yeah, we, we want to change that. Do we, was, do, we have a, do we have a power ranking for our... That's what uh, I think we should do every week. Is our like top five. Three are up or five up, five down. Uh, so we lost uh, Eric Abraham, who went by his last name, Abraham. Quite a few of those this season, by the way. I don't know what the deal yeah, with that is. Yeah, exactly. going by his last name. Yeah. And... JD is Jair, Jair. Yeah. Um. So he's JD. going by that, which was interesting. I, th um, I could have sworn there was one more, perhaps, but maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe. But it was just I don't know. <laughs> I like for a second was like, who's Abraham? Yeah. I was like, I don't remember an Abraham. <laughs> uh, one of the best comparisons I saw for him was everybody called him the Philip of this season. <laughs> Philip was, was way like, more unhinged. Oh, totally. But like. Abraham was just talking in circles and made zero sense. And yeah. I thought that was a, a great pull um, by Heather and Tribal Council. Um, so he was the first contestant voted out. And Sarah was the second, uh, which very confused why she didn't play her twist of the shot in the dark, which is new this season. Um, she she's was gone. genuinely blindsided by that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, she kind of got the, the old school axe, too, where she kind of messed up the puzzle. And it's like time to go. Yeah. And Brad just full on saying, yeah, she's on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, Brad, uh, Brad is not going to make an appearance in our top five uh, no. power rankings. Um, um, at least on the positive side, I think. Chantel also with the ultimate Mad Lib uh, title for herself. She's the mafia pastor. Yeah, and she got her own theme song. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Which I looked up her, her bio after. Former gang member oh turned pastor. Well... <laughs> okay <laughs> christ <laughs> sorry don't want to take that in vain um i think we nailed kind of our our top three last week who we looked at before the season didn't know anything about them um which was deshaun who i think played a, a pretty solid role in uh his tribe winning and and getting the uh the prisoners can i say i was very worried when they were looking for the idol. And uh, Nasir sees them yeah. and is calling them out. And I was, I was, I was like, saying to Sarah, I was like, no, not like this. No. <laughs> uh, 
very very he cool recovered we'll see i'm sure in, in tonight's episode better yeah he seemed to recover from that well though especially and finishing the challenge the fact that, that sydney had. um kind of ratted on this year mm-hmm. i shouldn't say rack she did the smart thing which is hey like let's play both sides here yeah. like figure it out um but that could be a strong strong duo right there xander was great xander really impressed me i think uh He's he's in my top three power ranking. Yeah, um, I thought he had a very good. If you believe in the edit as well, I thought mm-hmm. he had a very good edit. I thought he just played well. I think he handled the uh, the trip that they all yeah. had to, that the three guys had to take very well too, and that he somehow he told pretty much the truth, um, but just made it seem like it was, it was their advantage. Which again, you know, smart play. Listen, we don't even know what's going to happen this season. We can assume there's going to be a merge, right? Like mm-hmm. there is in every Survivor season. We don't know that though either. You know, like right. we don't, and we don't know what that'll even look like, or if it could just go straight to fourteen individual, people yeah. all individual. Like it's not, you know, the, the game is going to move fast. So, but I, I think he's he approached that very well, and I think the fact that what was very telling to me is that when he went. They all were like happy about it, not mm-hmm. in the sense like "thank God he's not here." It's like, yeah, like we trust him. Like, yeah, that you're a, a five of your tribe members were like in complete lockstep with you, and you went back and told them pretty much exactly what happened, yeah. and that you now have an extra vote advantage, which frankly isn't like the biggest advantage in the world, but I think it is in a sense that we found out at tribal council that it can be used up until final six, right? Which is which is Huge. big, but you know, like a. F- it's just very situational. Like you're never really gonna have a a moment where like final vote is like, wow, yeah. that's a huge advantage. Like it can definitely help, no doubt, but it's not you know I think not- it's in a situation where say like Xander's on the, the bottom of the totem pole and doesn't feel like the shot in the dark advantage is worth a damn using because of the low odds. Right. Use that double vote and you can kind of swing a vote one way or another. Could, could be important at some point. But you know, just the fact that he was able to frame it in a way that you know his yeah. entire tribe's like yeah and it's not like his tribe is full of idiots yeah mm-hmm. i thought uh evie had a really really good really start. strong performance i think they were very clever too because it could have swung that like if you vote tiffany off then all of a sudden it's well we want to keep the tribe strong and usually yeah. when people say they want to keep the tribe strong especially when it's a guy saying it they mean we want to have the guys on the team because mm-hmm. women are inherently weak which is stupid yep because we've seen women dominate challenges challenges are not strictly just about strength mm-hmm. the challenge it didn't matter at what order pretty much people got up to the podium to solve the puzzle it's about solving the puzzle which anyone who's just intelligent can do or right? anyone's just good at handling high pressure situations which you again, take all your pieces out of the bag is not gender specific you know so yeah. challenges are not like they were in the past where yes like perhaps being a muscular colby type might have actually mm-hmm. helped you challenges are much more like puzzles now and maybe some endurance stuff yeah thought process they're more like carnival games like it's just like yeah. anyone could be good at this specific thing like it does not need you don't need to be a raw power athlete to be good at this thing it's not like in survivor australia when they're stacking 700 pounds on yeah. guys shoulders like that's just not survivor anymore uh and then our our third person we looked at last week was genie who i thought was just like perfect play like she did nothing wrong right she was kind of in her own world during the vote. Which worries me for her future that she votes for Ricard, doesn't seem didn't really seem to be like involved in the strategy mm-hmm. of the vote. Although maybe there's more to it that we just didn't yeah. see. But uh does worry me that Jeannie didn't seem to like 
be in the game, you know, like strong in the felt a little bit more like a passenger, which isn't the worst thing, right. but I think a, she has like longevity though. Hundred percent. Jeannie could be a top six mm-hmm. person. I, I I think that is that is within their capacity yeah. for sure. So we'll go top five up, which we think are our top five players from last week, top five down, which will be the people we think are uh, on the chopping block. I think number one for me has to be Xander. Uh, this was a tough call between Evie and, and Xander. Xander gets the advantage because he has an advantage. Mm-hmm. He, he walks away with that in the fact that we've seen Took time and risk. time again where people have, like, <laughs> they go away to these things and it's very suspicious. Yeah. And here's the thing about if you're ever on Survivor, people are going to be suspicious of you no matter what. So you might as well actually get the advantage while you're there. Right. Because likely one person is going to suss out that you actually weren't doing what you said you were doing or your whole tribe isn't going to believe you anyway. So you might as well actually get something for your trouble. <laughs> so Exactly. And, and that's what he did. And I, I think I think he played it well. And I was uh, just overall impressed with his, his play. And Evie would be number two for me. Yeah, I'm going to go Evie number one, I think, socially. Evie played a, a fantastic, you know, first three days, um, and I think is like the the anchor strong piece on that tribe. And then I think Xander's my number two. Mm-hmm. Like you said, got the advantage, took that risk, was willing to take it early, told you know ninety percent of the truth coming right. back, um, but kept a little bit of a lie in his back pocket that isn't going to be hard to you know remember and everything, which he said as well. I think he's going to be strong in challenges. Um, I, I really like the way that he played my next two up. Uh, I'm cool with how Deshaun played, you know, a little bit of strategy, went and looked for the idol, was still able to finish, uh, you know, the prisoner's dilemma challenge that they had, which I'm curious if they're going to continue to do that, Mm -hmm. um, as the season goes on with each week. Well, I think it was Danny that went on the, uh, the trip, him and Danny were doing the sweat challenge together and were looking for idols, but which worried me yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. Able, was able to finish the challenge. I think he'll be strong in challenges. One little knock. He didn't make sure that the bag was on. Yeah. The, uh, Todd those tees, baby. Yeah. You got to make sure that it's all the way on so you don't cost your tribe and more time. And I do time. think he handled when Sydney approached him about Nasir saying that. I think he handled that well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen people like get very defensive or very aggressive about that. I think he handled that situation again. He had said he wants to play like Sari. I think he handled it in a, yes, a very, very Sari way manner. He's he's actually not in my top five though. I I think he had a good episode, but I actually think Shan had a a better episode. I mean, she got her own theme song. I yeah. I think she showed off like a lot of like wow social skills. Like she is. You know, like sometimes people talk a big game about how, oh, I'll be nice to you and then walk you out the door, like all this, and like she did it. Like she turned on Sarah. Like Mafia <laughs> pastor. I, she like put her hand on like Sarah's shoulder and told her not to play her uh her advantage. Yeah. You know, like that's you know, that that's that gets you in my top three. <laughs> yeah. She was she's in my top five for sure. Uh and then I think to round out my top five, J D. Even though he was very, you know, risky with the way he was mm-hmm. playing, was very, you know, boisterous and talking a lot he played a very strategic game i think in the first three days i don't know if you noticed when they were at tribal council and everybody was pulling their their shot in the dark die he like did not pull it out he was like very confident the way that he played and was good to go um and i think he has a, a really strong chance that like if things can continue to go the way they did for him he'll he'll go far 
so my, my number four is Sydney, actually. Uh, she's someone that we had, like, talked about in mm-hmm. the preview. I think she didn't get, a, like, a ton of uh, of play. Like, you didn't see a, a lot from her in, in the premiere, but everything we did see of her was very good. And I just think, again, she has this awareness of, like, Nasir runs and tells her about mm-hmm. Danny and Deshaun and about how they're looking for the idol. And her and Erica have, like, a small discussion about it. Like, she, to me, seems to be very, like... One of, I think, the, the very unique skills about, like, good Survivor players is you have to control the way that conversations go without being the force in the conversation. You have to get people to arrive at your conclusion that you want them to. It's almost like Inception, where you have to make this person believe that they thought of the idea when it was actually you. Mm-hmm. That, and I, I felt like I could see, like, I didn't see that fully realized yet. I think we're going to, and that's why she's in my power ranking because I think like what I saw was her from her was very, very promising. Like it's like the underlying stats. She hasn't had the yeah. big breakout yet, but I, I I look at her and I think there is something to this this player. I yeah. think I think there's more to see. Um, my number five, it's actually Ricard. I, I thought he was like very socially aware. I thought he was very clever. I. He did seem the the only knock on him is that he seemed a little disconnected at least when they started standing up at tribal and didn't seem totally in the fold at that point and maybe isn't like the power structure and mm-hmm. he could actually I think maybe even be like kind of an earlyish boot like he could be a guy that's maybe even gone before the merge because he's like strong and involved but um, I was impressed with how he played I was impressed with how he spoke. I was impressed with, again, he seems to have had a very good connection with Shan early on as well, which could be advantageous yeah. for the both of them. But we've seen that Shan is maybe not someone you want to, um, you know, <laughs> get too close to because she has no problem Xing you out. But he feels like someone that is uh, in a good position within his tribe and I-, I think has the social skills to get far in this game. Yeah. Um, so our bottom five down, that's the chopping block. Uh, I mean, two early candidates, I think, gone last week, especially Abraham, I think, was somebody that was going to be an early knock. Uh, you and I are both definitely in agreement. Brad's not sticking around too much longer. Brad is going to stick around long because I think he is a relatively harmless player that will probably make camp life good. We saw that in the premiere. You know, he's chopping things down and he's Although, kind of slicing his hand open. The preview and- for tonight's episode as we record this on wednesday he's like running around in the bushes and everybody's chasing after him he just seems kind of aloof Mm -hmm. and that very oblivious to his surroundings yeah when someone asks you who you want gone and you answer with two people that are standing in front of you that is just not the tactful answer and i think you know we've seen a common theme in survivor and again the season could be different of course yada 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 but a common theme in survivor is you find a goat to bring to the end Mm -hmm. you find a person that is frankly for lack of a better term, not going to win Survivor yeah. against you. And I do think someone smart could attach himself to Brad and say, listen, like, me and you to the end, pal. Like, we got this. Mm-hmm. And Brad is your your sacrificial lamb, <laughs> you know, to, to win the million dollars. My number two is Voce. Not a great... I did like that you get to see, like, his thinking about, mm-hmm. like, listen, like, I don't want to... I can't... I don't want to do the sweat thing because he's socially aware enough to know like that by doing this, I am separating myself from the group and that is an issue on the first day and that I would much rather knock it completely worn out yeah. and sweat 
and would and rather just do the puzzle. Xander says, oh, we'll do it. I do think, though, the fact that he did spend a lot of time with Xander is probably good for him. That's I didn't really true. have him in my my bottom five simply because I didn't see anything from him that like worried me. And again, the one kind of big confessional we got from him, I thought was good. I thought he like he was thinking clearly, and I think he had like solid reasoning. He seemed socially aware, and if you're again like feasibly cozied up with Xander a little bit, like that's probably a good situation to find. He came himself. off to me as somebody who could end up being. A player that costs his tribe a challenge could yeah definitely which like, is why i think he could be an early early right. exit um number three i hate to say it <laughs> nasir kind of put a target on his back yeah you don't want to be he so he didn't do the wrong thing right in talking about the idol with everyone i just feel that the with the two guys that he did quote unquote rat out, they have like that power complex almost with Deshaun and Danny right. that they could kind of bully the other two members of the tribe to be. It's not even three. that. I just think on the first day to do that is tough. tough because everyone is looking for a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Everyone is looking to see like who can they trust. And everyone is still, you don't know who you're trusting. So by telling everyone that, you're giving them information for free, by the way. You're giving them like this information about other players. Um, and you don't know what the other person's intentions are. And mm-hmm. that's that's clearly because Sydney goes and is telling Danny and Deshaun about how Nasir said this. And it could easily blow up in your face. So I think it was just slightly naive from him to, uh, to do that. Who you have after Nasir? Uh, scroll up. Yeah. Sorry, down one. Uh, yeah, Heather. Heather. Uh, unfortunately, one of my two survivor uh, fantasy players. <laughs> see, uh, I see her as kind of the goat. Type. I do, but that's in a power ranking is not someone like power rankings to me is like can this person win the True. game of Survivor? I'm not. I did not see anything. And in for this first episode, I do not want to be uh, harsh here. I just saw nothing really mm-hmm. of Heather. I'm looking forward to seeing more because, again, I'm rooting for her because, hey, yeah. if she does well, you I do well. The game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'd be great. But I, I I could not tell you much about Heather, which is worrying in, mm-hmm. in, from a premiere. But maybe we see more of her. I think she was on the tribe that won, though, right? Yeah. So, like, that's, you know, always – it's like the same with Sydney where we didn't get to see – you don't get to see much of the winners typically because yeah. – there's not, That's a strong there's not tribe drama. Too. It is a strong tribe. I mean, they could go again. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Tonight there could be a merge. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Ricard's in my my five just because. Really? I think socially he could play himself out of the I game. Think he is uh, a boomer bust type yeah. player. Where like he could you know present himself as a strong candidate to go for, and we'll see what happens tonight. Um, but I also think he could talk his way into being voted out rather than talking his way into staying. Or because he is so socially good that that people are encouraged to maybe get those people out of their way. Um, I could see that. I think that's, that's fair. He's very active on Twitter and was like laughing at everybody, like saying, Oh, because he's a, a big brother fan as well. He oh, said, okay. you know, if people are losing their minds about, come on in, guys, I can't wait to see them lose their minds about, you know, voting for this person to win Big Brother. And it was very funny. Um, so that's our top five and, and bottom five for Survivor after week one. 
We're going to go watch episode two, see what the hell happens in this crazy monstrous game, as Jeff would say. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys uh, follow us on social media at Underground PHI. You can follow our Survivor coverage. We're going to try to live tweet and just put, you know, blogs and these types of clips from the show on that account. It's at Buffs and Snuffs uh, on Twitter. And make sure you guys are following Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about the Survivor segment we're bringing to the show, how you feel about this Eagles team after a big-time loss to the Cowboys, uh, what you want to see the Phillies do in the offseason because their season is essentially over, and uh, how you're feeling about the Sixers as training camp is underway it crept up on us way too quickly and how you're feeling about the flyers they played preseason game lost 3-2 to the islanders but apparently played pretty well so we'll uh we'll be in full swing with everything going on philly sports wise before we know it and uh big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen main auto llc ducharms pro foot security 21 security systems Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Runchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, use our promo code USP to get 25% off your order at checkout. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, you guys can use promo code USP on the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com. You gotta be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. And, of course, you got to be 21 or older to do so. And please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 364 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Steven Schneider's up next on Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. And we will catch you guys next time. But until then, we are signing off. Peace. I'm